Hi, and welcome to the MVR podcast number six. I'm Rachel Elmer. And I'm Peter Jacob. And today we're going to be talking about the fear of the announcement. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was really interested in you uh, suggesting that we talk about that topic and uh, just curious uh, to hear what, what inspired that. Just this minute finished supervision with two of our esteemed colleagues who are delivering some, for the first time, some online parent group work. Um, and the, the, the main topic of our supervision was the delay of uh, the preparing the parents for the delivery of an announcement or mm-hmm. even, you know, the start of writing one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just sat for a long, long time actually exploring with them what 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 was the delay in their own hesitations, let's say. Well, I, I was just thinking, Rachel, for the benefit of those listeners who are not that familiar with NVR, should we very briefly just uh, explain what an announcement is? Yeah. Yeah. So an announcement is something we often, if not usually, do in the NVR process. We support parents to make an announcement to their child that they, the parents, will respond differently from now on. Um, The announcement also includes um, some words about how they love and appreciate their child. Mm -hmm. It also includes a positive vision for the future. It also spells out what the problem is and that there are certain and very few behaviors the parents will no longer accept. And it's written in the first person plural, we. We will do this, we will do that. It may also include the parents' commitment to change if they themselves in the past have shown uh, escalation or other behaviors that they um, are not comfortable with and that were possibly troubling or harmful to the child. Beautifully, beautifully put. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so um, there was some hesitation from the practitioners who are facilitating the group um about starting that process Mm -hmm. um and so we just spent some time questioning what that was about um and one of the facilitators had you know declared that she she wanted to get the the group's kind of mvr announcement ready and we talked about what that meant um what signs are we looking for to get them announcement ready and when how are we how are we identify with those signs when we do see them um and yeah and many other things so So what what were the colleagues worried about uh i think as yeah as this conversation unfolded hesitation about them getting it wrong and i'm using inverted commas here um getting it wrong and the responsibility that i think the facilitators um felt if, if parents had gone away and, and not quite mastered the essence of what of what the announcement really means um, and and carrying it out in ways without, I think predominantly as well, their, cur- their concerns were that it would be carried out 
incorrectly. It wouldn't be carried out with the, the, the essence that they had hoped, that real commitment, you know, that commitment of drawing a line in the sand about, um, uh, you know, about making change. And I think that was their, their main concerns. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in my experience, um, it can be very helpful to um, take time to work on the preparation of the announcement but I, I wouldn't delay starting work on the announcement. I wouldn't think of getting parents ready for the announcement. I would think of helping and working with parents to change certain attitudes, to build up their confidence, their resolve, um, in the process of preparing the announcement. So that's a very different tack. And I'm also wondering what getting it wrong means and what could be the worst case scenario if someone, quote unquote, if parents, quote unquote, got it wrong. Yeah, if they got it wrong. um, You know, I think there was concerns that, that it would be quite damning to the child. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I recall a long time ago, I was doing some foundation training in one part of the world. And after the announcement part of the training, one of the facility, the uh, participants sort of put her hands up and said, I can imagine that this would be so, so devastating if we got this wrong. And mm-hmm. I just looked at her and said, no, not really. <laughs> she was quite amazed by my response. Um, I mean, I guess if the parents were to deliver an announcement that is damning, then that perhaps would reflect a belief on the part of people that they must blame the child in hmm. order to effect change. And that would, of course, be an unhelpful belief. Mm. And I guess that would that belief would be part of the helplessness of parents, because maybe if parents have believed we must blame the child in order to affect change, but we don't want to blame the child, uh, that's not how we want to parent, so we won't say anything. And we'll just accept what the child does. So that that could be part of the helplessness that parents experience. Mm. And I think the opportunity in working on the announcement, but doing that slowly, slowing ourselves down, um, slowing the parents down Mm. with us, is to detect all those responses that the parents might show in an unreflected way that are not productive. And I think most importantly for the parents to detect that in themselves. So Mm. rather than taking the position of being the judge of what's right in terms of the parents delivering the announcement, I would want the parents to be the judge of what's right. Um, I would want the parents to be able to recognize what they might, you know, in an unreflected way, be inclined to do 
that is counterproductive and that actually isn't in keeping with how they want to parent mm. so that they become empowered to make that decision for themselves. So I guess my position is then a very different one rather than feeling that it's my job to get parents to get it right. Mm. It would probably be my job to help parents get empowered to recognize how they can do it and how they want to do it in a way that's constructive. I kind of said that, but not so beautifully. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my response uh-huh. about coaching the parents. And, and in my experience, that when parents begin that process of drafting first copy of the announcement, that's that I tend to recognize a shift in the parents' position. Well, can, they, can you describe that shift? I, I think... I don't know, and maybe it's just as more of a conviction. Mm-hmm. It's more about um, making a conviction to this pledge. That their conviction grows, that they can do this. Yeah, and also the realisation that they have the ability to change their story. They can, they can identify with what's not helpful. And I think many parents, not all, of course, generally speaking, think that sometimes they forget that they can say enough. We're not we're not living like this anymore, but we we'll love you and we will continue to care for you and we'll still be your mum and dad or your mum and mum, but but we're not doing this anymore. And it will stop. So the conviction that you see then growing in them is that they can communicate with both and yeah. we love you. Mm. We reconcile with you wherever possible. And there, you know, we won't accept this or we won't accept that. There's been enough of that. Yeah. And I was going to add a bit about some parents do include the apology. And the apology is that acknowledgement that, you know, I haven't always got it right. Mm. I think wonderful, refreshing position for parents to take to to have some ownership around when it hasn't always worked well and that what we do in life is we apologize and, and we can move on and you know i think that's so important i was thinking of what uri weinblatt says about um regulating shame in the nvr process you know yeah and uri says that suppressed shame becomes toxic yeah um and I was just thinking how if the parent owns up in the announcement to what they've done that was wrong or that they're not happy with, you know, it can be a sentence like, I've shouted at you in the past, or we've shouted at you in the past, we won't shout anymore. So it's owning up to what they've done and making a commitment to change it. Oh. How that can help the child regulate their shame. Because in a sense, the message the parents are giving is it's okay to acknowledge what I've done wrong and it's okay to start changing it. Mm. And I, I think that's very powerful in helping the child regulate their shame. Yeah, and we're their role models and, you know, they look up to us. I, I recall a parent I worked with on an announcement um, and an adopted parent's one son. And after the announcement had been delivered, 
to the child, young man, what we recognised almost immediately after, not only was there a reduction in violence directed directly towards the dad, but there was an increase in physical affection from son to father because the father had made the apology of a time when he tried to protect his wife while his son was being hitting his wife. And the child had seen it as that dad had attacked him and hurt him. Yeah. Uh, and dad used some language in the announcement to kind of, um, to, to you know, to apologize for that time. But the, and he had done that, he felt wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And there was an um, almost an immediate shift in the relationship. I mean, it didn't last forever. The boy, a couple of years later, you know, behaviors crept back in and what have you. But at, in the moment mm-hmm. after, that that there was um, a significant shift, but particularly with an increase of physical affection towards dad. Yes, and that's something that um, that many people become aware of in the process, that actually you see changes in behaviour which are not complete, which don't appear to be linked with a reduction of violence or aggression or destructive behaviour those green shoots start mm-hmm. emerging uh, that show that, say, uh, you know, a young person uh, is becoming more secure in their attachment, that mm. uh, some of the ruptures in the relationship are being repaired, even in the announcement. And I guess that accounts for the fact that contrary to parents and often practitioners' beliefs, Many young people either don't respond as negatively mm. as they anticipate or even respond positively to an announcement. Mm. That's, uh, can we just bring our conversation back to the practitioners? Because yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in the practitioners' concerns about the parents getting it wrong I, I guess that's one area. I, I, another area that I've come across in supervision is practitioners' fear of the parents' fear. So that, that you know, sometimes parents are afraid of delivering an announcement because they're, they're rocking the boat. Mm. You know, they're, they're not... But by making an announcement, however carefully formulated, you're not walking on eggshells anymore. Mm. You know, you're saying it how it is. You're saying something that maybe your child, or part of what you're saying, maybe your child doesn't want to hear. Mm. So you're scared. You're scared your child might get aggressive. You're scared that your child might uh, become verbally abusive or that your child might diminish you by how they speak to you or respond. And then I, I, I sometimes feel that practitioners who are working with the parents are afraid that the parents could be afraid. Um, is that an observation you've made? Yeah, not just in the supervision this morning with my colleagues, but um, definitely feedback in the foundation training that I've delivered mm-hmm. from practitioners. Um, uh, the, the the words fear of setting them up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so and I, you know, and I I go back to my early days of of learning and practicing MVR and 
um, the fear of putting parents into an environment that perhaps may become hostile, taking on quite a big responsibility Mm -hmm. for that. So I know that my colleague in supervision this morning, I think that was her initial fear Mm -hmm. of perhaps putting the parents in an environment that could get messy. And my response is always that home life is already aggressive and violent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to create a new behaviour. These behaviours exist already. Um, But actually my experience as well of supporting parents and coaching parents to deliver, write and deliver an announcement is just so overwhelmingly positive Mm. that parents become incredibly empowered and um, they're almost rolling up their sleeves for that challenge. They want to take action, but taking action in this way that is nonviolent and still holding the young person in mind, I think is just a, a beautiful example of how parents can begin to make that pledge. Yeah. So your confidence has grown from experience. Of course, mm. not, not every practitioner of NVR uh, has that degree of experience. So they perhaps need to build that confidence uh, in their own right. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of the words that you just used, that they are afraid that they may be setting the parents up. And again, I think it's a question of how we look at our own position. Mm. Um, because it is for the parents to decide whether or not they will make an announcement mm. or when they will make an announcement or how they will make an announcement. I would think that our position... Uh, is much more that of a coach. So an athlete wants to, I don't know, ski down that slope, run those 500 meters, run the marathon. And as the coach, it's our job to support them in doing so and to find it in themselves how they do it best. Mm -hmm. And it's the parents who come to us who want to do something about the violence, about the aggression, about the self-harm, about the self-isolation, whatever the problem is. They want to do something about it. And then we propose various things that they may consider. In preparation, it's that preparation, we're preparing, helping them prepare. But of course, I think feeling helpless at the outset, parents don't believe that they could do anything like that. Mm. And it brings me back to what Haim Omer said. I think we spoke about it in a previous podcast, that the essence of becoming empowered as a parent, growing in confidence and moving forward and raising their presence with their child, Mm. lies in doing something they didn't believe they could do beforehand. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So perhaps unlike the the Olympic skier, unlike the marathon runner, the parents don't have the confidence yet that they will be able to do it. Mm. And I, I was speaking to someone the other day, I can't um, who uses a metaphor like being a guide over a wonky bridge. Mm. You know, the parents need to walk over this wonky bridge 
it's not easy. You know, mm. we, we, we to quote a, a book that was very popular um, in the 1970s, you know, we, we, we can't promise them a rose garden. Yet, they want to move forward. Mm. And moving forward is difficult. And it's our job to help them cross that wonky bridge. We're like a guide over the wonky bridge. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're worried as well. We don't want the bridge to collapse. We don't want them to fall off the bridge. Mm. So we must work with care. And I think that kind of brings us back to that consideration of working on the announcement very slowly, as slowly as necessary, taking the time it requires um, so that the parents can prepare themselves in the best possible way. And that brings to mind as well, I was making notes when you were talking and each outcome for each family is very different. I, I said to the, um, the guys in supervision this morning, I recall a dad who worked incredibly hard on writing his announcement, you know, lots of tears and sweat went into it. And um, about a year later, I, I was at the start of a run in the, the self, great self run. And I could hear someone shouting my name, you know, through all these thousands of people turned around. And it was this dad who was also good in the race. And he shouted, I've still got that announcement. It's in my wallet. And he uh -huh. never did it to the child. He didn't yeah. ever give, never read it to the child, but he, but he worked on it. Mm -hmm. And he, the words down and he made a pledge and a commitment to those words and never delivered it you know obviously my coaching was to deliver it um but he didn't want to and he didn't feel it was right for him and but that was okay so each outcome can be different uh, you know we and i love the idea that he kept it in his wallet and how powerful that must have been for him and so important that he told you at that race yeah here i am in you know people ahead of him and he saw the back of my head decided to let me know <laughs> I, I, I've worked sometimes with parents who've said oh well you know I, I was all ready to do this to now to make this announcement but then you know there haven't been any problems for the last two weeks mm. so I wasn't sure do you think I should still make the announcement and and you know they then often feel well you know it's not warranted because something has already changed. Something has already shifted. Oh. And I then just suggest keep it in your handbag. Hmm. And, and I actually call it a handbag announcement. <laughs> a handbag announcement. I like yeah. that. Okay. So um, should we sort of just reflect on our conversation a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think is is the shifts that us as practitioners can fall into this belief that we must make parents and, you know, we can't police things. We can't police how um, the announcements are going to turn out. And I, for one, have had my fair share of um, announcements not quite going according to plan. And it's really okay. It's really, really okay. And I, I like that conclusion. Um, Things are bound to go wrong. Yeah. If we don't take risks in our work with parents, and if parents don't take risks, relational risks. I'm not mm. I'm not thinking of, you know, 
increasing the risk of, of aggression or anything. But if we don't take relational risks, there won't be any change. Yeah. And it's the change that matters. It's the change that empowers yeah. parents. And yeah, that's good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for listening to the MVR podcast, the fortnightly one. And bye for now. Bye.